0: to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast, where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. We are all mostly creatures of habit. Right and and many of us prefer status quo. Like you prefer to sit at your uh, favorite seat. How many of you, right, honestly have a favorite seat in this hall right now? Right, your seat. If somebody touch it, right, you will go there and you will like. And then no choice, you sit beside it. You know, kind of thing like you like this favorite space, favorite corner, and you go in. You basically right. If today right, we have a blackout right you walk up the leaf you go you can close your eyes and you can get to where you're supposed to sit and have worship right you have a habit and and the thing is this we all also know that over the last three years right a lot of habits were broken right because we have to do new things we have to try new things i still remember that i learned how to do video editing uh, during the time of covid for obvious reason right because circuit breaker we're not even talking about about covid restriction right you can go to a hall and record well, we, were, we were at home and I have to try to set up camera, use my phone and the phone have a limitation. Go and find a, a something to hold my phone. I couldn't get a, a stand and then no lighting. So we have to go and buy those kind of lighting and mount, I try to find a place to put on the ceiling and kind of thing. Uh, no aircon, So we have to close all the window in a non aircon room just to do recording because if not, the sound outside will wow. A lot of things that we have to learn right a lot of things that we have to learn but and the thing is this many times right can you click the mouse many times right we we prefer status quo and yet changes has a way of unsettling us we know many of us honestly right don't like changes right there is a reason why you come to a hall somebody take your seat you have a oh yeah today come worship god as as comfortably as i want to right you have a favorite seat Right, this kind of feeling where we have a status quo and and when you are destabilized, you are called to change. You feel a little bit uncomfortable, right? It doesn't take a lot to know, right, that most of the time where Christians fall out of the Christian walk, many of times is at points of transition, right? When someone enter into the workforce, or when someone just enters into college, or when sometimes, or someone just enters into parenthood. Right? They may not walk away from God totally, but they will string back because in the midst of dealing with changes, it's, un- it's destabilizing. Unfortunately for us, right, we are status quo creature. We are habit. We want to do things the same way, same way, every day until we die kind of thing. Unfortunately, we don't serve a God like that. And that's the problem. Right? We don't serve a God that is constantly doing the same things. We are seen in the bible that god constantly do new things we we serve a god that's constantly doing new things and the goal and this is this is something that we, we both our, our pastor elvin and and our worship leader mentioned this morning right god do all he's doing in order to advance his purpose not yours right god does whatever he's doing right in the world the goal, right, is not to maintain status quo. That's why every time right, we hear people talk about things like, oh yeah, why is there a war? Uh, how come God never stop it? Right, the, way we, the moment we think like that, right, we are thinking as if, right, God is a peacekeeping force in the world. Like, His job is to keep the peace and make sure everybody's status quo and go on in life happily ever after until the day He returns. That is not God's purpose. God's purpose is to, re- to forward and to advance His redemption. God does whatever He do in order to bring about redemption to humanity. And then you have a problem. You have a God who is constantly doing new things and you have people, His people, His church, that doesn't really like to do new things. And that is where the tension arises. The question now is, if God today, over the last three years, even today, over the next few periods, maybe as a church, maybe as an individual, what if today God is revealing something new to you? Let's say, I want to lead y'all in a new direction, a new way. Again, new is not always good, right? There are things that over the last COVID season, last three years, we've discovered that we may need to do new things. But we also found out that there are things that is all the while there, we need to revive. We need to strengthen. The point here is that what if God is leading us in a new direction? The question is how then do we follow God into the unknown? How do we follow God into the unknown? How do we follow God through transition when we are being stabilized or could be destabilized? We are not sure. But how do you follow God through? Right? The last thing we want, right, is that we keep dropping people whenever they transit. How do we follow God in the midst as well as when going into the unknown? And today we're going to look at the passage in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. And this passage is interesting because they were actually a lot like us because at that time right they are having a new leader if you know the book of deuteronomy at the end moses have just died because moses couldn't enter the promised land and interestingly the bible tell us right that moses was still extremely healthy at the end of his life and the only reason why he died is because he couldn't enter so no point leaving him alone on one side So he died on the other side of the promised land. God allowed him to die. And God himself, the Bible says, God himself buried him so that no man ever knew where Moses was buried. God wanted to make sure he is well buried but no one will come back and keep on looking for him. But okay, move on. They have a new leader. They have been under Moses for how many years? 40. 40 years. They have been led by the same person for 40 years. And you must understand, right, at that time, the congregation, the people of God, Israel, at Max, 58 years old. Oldest, 58 years old. Moses, 120, double. They have been led by the same person from young adult all the way until they have grandparents. And you have been led by the same Now you have a new leader. Joshua is taking over. They are going into a new place. They're going to the promised land, a place they've never really stepped in before, except the 12 spies. They've never really been there before. They need to take up new responsibilities. They're not going to fight a war. They're going to do things that they've never done before. They'll be facing new dangers and enemies. In the past, you don't really need to face cities. You are just walking around, people catch you, send a little army, and you fight back, you win, that's it. Now you're going to attack cities, you're going to divide land, you're going to do farming. There's a lot of new things and there's also new dangers and enemies. There's also new temptations and challenges. There's a lot of new things. If you talk about transition and heading to the unknown, right? This period of time for the Israelites is the most uncertain period of their life. A lot of things is different and the one anchor they have held on for the last 40 years is no longer with them right their leader moses and they are now going into the place and today we're going to look at joshua chapter 3 verse 1 to verse 8 this is actually what happened right on the verge of entering into the promised land so can you imagine right this is the jordan river right they are camped on one side you walk over to the other side that is canaan that is the start of the entire new chapter of the people of God's life, they will enter into the promised land, they will enter into Joshua's uh, book, the book of Joshua, and to start to take over and to conquer the land. Totally new situation, no longer wandering around. And this is what happened, and this is, you can see the picture, the, the place, and in the map you can see, roughly, again these are all guesses, right? They are likely at the plain of Moab, you can see on the map, right, the plain of Moab, a space large enough. For you to hold a lot of people, you're talking about at least 3 million 3 million people, at least 600 fighting men That's a lot of people, right? This plane is large enough to hold everybody And they are now facing a very shallow crossing okay, Shallow, not in the sense of like, like wow, well, you can just long kang, Just everybody walk across, but at least deep enough So that you have, you need a parting of the Jordan River but not deep enough that it will sweep you away, but there's this, a river that marks the, the past and the future. Cross over, you will face Jericho. And this is where our story begins. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 8. Let us read together. If you have the Bible, or if not, you can follow me on the screen. We'll read together and then we will go in and learn about how, as God's church, we are able to follow God into the unknown. Let us read together. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 8. Verse 1 says, Early in the morning, we okay, are encamped at this place. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, You are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Verse 6 to verse 8, Joshua then turned to the priest, said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up, went ahead of them. Then the Lord, And the Lord then said to Joshua, today I will begin to exhort you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan River, go and stand in the river. Let us pray. Father, today as we come before You as Your people, Lord, we know that You have prepared us and You set us in this community. Lord, we also know and acknowledge, Lord, that You have a plan and a purpose for us as individuals, also as us as a church. Lord, today we want to acknowledge Your sovereignty over us as You lead us into the unknown. And pray, Father, Lord, as Your words speak to us. Lord, help us to have a heart prepared to follow You wherever You are. And Lord, we want to thank You for this morning. And we pray Your Word would indeed do the work that it needs to do in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about following God into the unknown. How? What are things you need to watch out for so that as a church, as individuals, we can follow God into the unknown? The first thing we can see, Joshua chapter 3, We're not going to focus on the setting. The first thing you can see, right, is that the first thing we need to do to follow God into the unknown is to be alert. Is to be alert to follow God's leading. You have never been in this place before. So therefore, you need to be alert so that you can follow where God is leading us. You can see from this whole entire passage, if if you look at the whole entire story again, right, you will notice there's three groups of people talking. Okay. You have three groups of people. You have Joshua, you have the priests, and then you have the people, right? You have the priests, you have the Joshua, and you have the people. So here is the priests, a bit like your leaders, right? Your leaders giving instruction to all the people. These are not instructions given to the priests or to the to the general people. It's given the given to the people as a whole. Why? Because you must imagine, right? How many people just now we mentioned? How many people were there? Three million. Can you imagine how many people is 3 million? How spread out 3 million will be. How spread out in a plain of Moab 3 million people will be. And the way they will get everybody to move together, right? The Bible say when you see the ark, how small is the ark? Not that big, right? We are not talking about neon light, ah. We're not talking about neon light, like what? Balloon, parachute, just blow, a balloon can see. You're talking about the Ark of the Covenant with a group of priests, Levitical priests carrying it. They have a blue cloth covering. At least it's blue. It's a bit, color is a bit different, but it's not that big. It's not that big. And unfortunately, also for us, how many of you know, right? When you are waiting for the Ark to get up and go, you are not doing nothing. you're not doing nothing you have children to take care of you have sheep to take care of you have your household to take care of you have your tent to manage you have children to rear you have things to do so imagine right you are talking about three million people camp the bible tell us right the encampment is something like this sometimes they camp at the place three months sometimes camp one year sometimes camp one month you have no idea how long it will take and the instruction whenever you see the ark move, you just move. Right? The most logical reason is very simple. No grass. Finish eating the grass, time to move on, okay? But the the point is this. Nobody knows exactly when is the time to move on. Everybody is waiting for the signal. The ark of the covenant stand, go, okay, you go. Right? Can you imagine now, you are doing the things. You are taking care of making milk powder halfway and then the ark of the covenant left. Does it make sense to you? okay? You see that picture. You are not doing nothing. You are not taking a chair, right, and sitting there like, this is the out of the covenant. I will make sure I see the out of the covenant live. You're not going to do that. Half the time just waiting. You are going to be doing something. You're going to be doing something. But how many of you, right, have young children before? Right? How many of you have tried, right, to hold a young kid, toddler, maybe like, four years old, five years old, and try to bring him across a traffic light. Okay? Where do you put your eyes? Those young kids, you know, okay? Young little toddlers, like maybe four years old, five years old, you try to hold them. Don't be too young. Too young, you can basically just take one hand and just pull over. Okay? Maybe about four, five years old, right? You hold his hand and you walk across the street, across the road. Where do you normally put your eyes? Where do you look? On the child? Then the car how? <laughs> <And> then uh, <laughs> and the car Right? Right? Anybody don't do that? Anybody right, feel so safe that your kid will not do anything funny, you just do this? Right. How many of you know right? when you bring a kid, a young kid across the street, half the time you're looking at traffic, half the time you're looking at a kid. You're doing this. You are one eye on the child, one eye on the road. So that you can see your child, you can still, don't don't, don't do this, don't mind, just look at the road. Right? You have to look at the child, but you know instinctively the other eye must be on the road. Can you imagine, right? That is what the Israelites are doing 24 7. Are you taking care of your kids? Yes. But one eye on the child, one eye. On the ark of the covenant one eye on your ship oh they're going all over the place but no matter what you do one eye on the ship one eye on the ark of the covenant must must remember right that time when they were stationed the ark of the covenant is always the same direction because they came the same way everywhere they go right so it's always the same so if you know that this is my place i sit remember status call i will always sleep in this tent the ark of the covenant if it's there for me it will always be this direction All you need to do, take care of your kid. 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 Oh, leave. Okay, let's pack up. One eye on the kid. One eye on the other. Basically, what we are talking about here is this. At the end of the day, right, if you can't even see the Lord's leading, right, how do you even follow God's leading? if you don't even notice what God is doing in the church, or maybe in our own life, if you don't even recognize what God is leading you in your own life, right? How can you follow God's leading in your life? And do you realize what happens most of the time? I have my kids, right? Real time. This is today. I have my own kids. What were we supposed to do? One eye on the kid, one eye on the ark. But do you agree many times, right? What we actually do is this: both eyes on the kid. Maybe for some of us, it's the kids. Maybe some of us, our both eyes are on our career. Maybe sometimes our both eyes are on our health. Maybe some of us, right, our both eyes are helping our grandchildren. That we come to a situation, right, that maybe, right, you are doing, 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 and the up or the covenant left already. And your 10 is still remaining there. We don't notice. We are not alert to recognize what God is doing. We must first recognize and notice the leading of God in our midst before we can even decide whether to follow. But what if, right? Sometimes we are so distracted by our earthly concerns that we don't even recognize what God is doing. For example, for example, over the last three years, Can anybody right honestly say, I know what God is trying to do? Think about it. Over the last three years, God has did God COVID, a lot of things happened, right? War, a lot of things happened. Can anybody come and say, I know what God wants us to do here? Because God is leading the church, right? God is leading me. I know what God wants me to do over the last three years. Or sometimes, right, over the last three years, maybe in the time of COVID, we were so concerned about, oh yeah, I want to do this, yeah, I want to take care of this, I want to take care of that. And God is doing something in the world and in, the, in, in our church and in our own life and then we are all concerned about doing our own thing. Nobody ever stop and say, God, three years. I always tell people, right, you actually think there's only two ways to think about COVID. Only two ways. One way is this. God is busy doing other things and then just nice there's one box called COVID and drop into the earth. And then God say, ayah, drop ah, yeah, how ah, how ah. Let's try to scramble to solve it. Or god knew what he was doing all this while over the last three years god knew what he's trying to do the problem is the church doesn't god knows what he's doing you either think of COVID as a cosmic mistake god made a mistake somehow is there or god knows what he's doing with covid the question is not whether god knows right the question is whether his people who is supposed to be participating in his purposes To help him to do the work as his body, right? Body of Christ. We are supposed to do the work as his body. The question is not whether the head know. The question is whether the body know. What what, what do you call a head? A body, sorry, a body, right, that doesn't respond to the head. You call it in today's medical term, paralyzed. Paralyzed, right? The head says something and the body doesn't know. That's what we call Paralyzed. The head knows the question we have to ask ourselves is many times in our own life, are we so distracted by our own things? Our earthly things. Again, right? Don't go to the extreme and say, therefore, I just take a chair, look at the Ark of the Covenant, and sit there and don't care about the things in my life. Like, right, don't care about my family, don't care. We are not in any way saying that. But that is also not our problem. Right? Our primary problem in the modern world is that we are so consumed by our earthly concerns that sometimes, right, God have came, God have left and we still are not sure what He is doing. Do you even notice, do you notice what God has been doing in our church, in the world, in Singapore, in our life? Do we, do we see that? John chapter 10, verse 3 to verse 4 say this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd and the sheep listen To his voice, he calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them all of his own, he goes on ahead of them because his sheep follow him because he know they know his voice. The sheep follow. The feet recognize the voice, the leading of God, and the sheep will follow the leading of the shepherd. The Bible uses another animal. This is the good one, right? Very nice, right? You say you go and then that toddler, your toddler will follow you wherever you go. There's another animal that the Bible used to describe Israel. And this animal is actually a mule. It says in Psalms chapter 32, right, it says this. This is just now was positive, this is negative. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding, which must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Like God must bribe you or God must force you before you will go. Now ask yourself, there's two kinds of animals, right? On one end, you have the sheep. On the other end, you have the horse or the mule who wants to do their own thing. Mule and horses, they don't want to follow. They want to do their own thing. And you have a sheep who wants to follow the shepherd. Either way, right, God is trying to lead His church. Right? The Bible tells us, right, even when we are faithless, even when we struggle, God will never become unfaithful. God will remain faithful to His church. God will not say, you don't want to follow. Okay, I go. God will forever want to lead His people. He will try and try and try and try again. And the question we have to ask ourselves is this. Do you prefer God do the first way or the second way? He will say, hey, come, and then we go. Or you, will, you want God, right, to use COVID, to use persecutions, to use illnesses to get our attention, then we will be willing to do what He And at, at, at the end of the day, right, God has a plan for His church, right? The question is, will you follow willingly or does God need to get your attention? Does God need to get your attention? So the first thing, to be alert. If you want to follow God into the unknown, the first thing is to be alert because very often, right, it is not God not leading His people. Very often, it is His people not paying attention. Throughout the history of the church, the primary problem, remember, right, think about this. This is something we always talk about also, right? The Bible tells us in the world, right, we have a harvest problem or a workers' problem. We have two little harvest, so we need to pray for the harvest. Or we have two little workers, so we need to pray for workers. Which one? The Bible clearly say we have the harvest. No, we have a workers problem. The Bible say harvest is more than enough. That means, can you imagine the Bible say you open the curtain and you look out. There are more than enough people wanting and needing to hear the gospel than people willing to preach to them no matter what it takes. There are more people who are waiting for someone to preach to them than for people willing to preach to them. The church has never suffered under a harvest problem. When we talk about revival, right? We talk about revival. Revival is never a harvest problem. It is a worker's problem. We don't have enough people paying attention to the leading of God Coming together as a church and going ahead to do what God wants the church to do, that is our problem. So the first thing when we step into the unknown is that individually we must make it a point that we need to stay alert, individual, right? You cannot say, "Oh, this kind of thing, our uh, church direction, I leave it to Pastor Alvin." Oh, we just, we just, never mind. every single one of us must be alert. If not, right? All it takes is that Pastor Alvin, let's say as a as a senior pastor, hey, let's do this, and then you are still doing something else, right? Same problem. Same problem. At the end of the day, it takes every single one of us to be alert to what God is doing. Then as we move, we move as one body. That's the first thing, to be alert to follow God's leading. The second, the second thing, right, Joshua told the people, we not, not only be alert to follow God's leading, we need to be surrendered. We need to be prepared for God to work through. Joshua told the people, right, now again, Joshua is still addressing the people. Last time was the leaders reminding the people, remember, uh, as you go through life, don't be distracted, don't be distracted, don't be distracted. God is still here. God is still doing His work. Now, Joshua came and represented God and spoke to the people. Today, you consecrate yourself. Today, you prepare yourself. You set yourself apart. Because God will do amazing things among you when? When are you supposed to consecrate yourself? Today, right? But when is God working among us? Tomorrow. Consecrate yourself today because tomorrow God will act. The question we have to ask ourselves is this are we surrendering ourselves today, preparing ourselves today, believing that God will work through us tomorrow? You know, sometimes you hear a lot of people talking about no, we need to like revival, we want to like, like we want to like, uh, we want to uh, really come. The question is, that honestly, Easter is coming out, right? Okay, imagine. Imagine Easter came out and you in this place, in this hall, right, we have 50 converts. One shot. One service. 50 converts. Every single one you're abroad, right? Every single one come to know the Lord. Is it revival? Yes. Next question. Do we really believe we have enough people to contain them? Do we, have, do we have enough cell leaders to take care of them? Do we have people committed enough and know what to do? Or we go the reverse? Lemme, they come in first they come in first then we go for a course on how to take care of young believers by the time you finish your course you come back what happened to the young believers when do you attend baby classes prenatal classes it's called prenatal for a reason right you attend prenatal classes before or after the baby come out before because once the baby come out you need to know what to do so the question is, sometimes right, we pray for God to work among us. The second question we have to ask ourselves, is We good to pray, right? To believe, but the question is, are we even preparing ourselves today, believing that God will really answer our prayer? This is like you, right? Praying for rain and not bringing an umbrella. God, pray for rain. Go tomorrow we will, rain. we will do this. We need a rain. We need a rain. And then we go out. Hey, what's your umbrella? I I like got an umbrella. I got rain. I go and buy. Lah. I got rain. Then go and buy. You pray for rain and you never bring an umbrella. You pray for God to work, but we are not allowing and preparing ourselves so that God will truly work through us. Consecrate yourself today if you really believe God will work through us tomorrow. And many, for some of us is this. Some of us, right, you have been asked maybe as to serve, to step up in whatever ministry. right? We are, we are preparing. A church is always preparing for the future. The church is always preparing for the new generation coming in. Maybe God has been speaking to some of us to step up. And then you say, no, not, not ready. I don't see the need. I don't see the need. But maybe some of us, God is speaking to you. Maybe you really need to step up. Maybe you really need to prepare yourself. Like what Pastor Alvin and myself and maybe Pastor Wilson, we were all alumni of the same school. For many of us, right, we started preparing and studying in the Bible school, right, before there was a ministry. I started when I was fresh grad, same, fresh grad from university, I was 25. I started my ministry only at the age of 30. I spent five years, right, in a Bible school, part-time, at night, not knowing what am I studying for. I just know I need to do this. I felt caught and go, but I have no ministry, no title, no position, no one ever sent. I said, God, constantly over the three and a half years, i was asking, God, am I? doing this because I want to do or why? I just know I need to do, but I constantly question, God, why do you want me to do this? Or because of a call when I was 24, 33 years old. I need you to go and do this. Okay. Starting, uh, young people, starting, okay, okay, okay. Halfway, God, why? Uh? <laughs> this is getting a little long. like Five and a half years without knowing what you're starting for, paying out of your own pocket. Uh, some of y'all will know this. i shared many times in our other classes, right? I don't have an insurance. For a very simple reason, right? Because when I was young, I have a stroke. So therefore, right, my insurance is very expensive. Uh, and it doesn't cover a lot of things. It's like double normal insurance price. And the problem is, as a fresh grad, I need to pay for Bible school. It was either Bible school or insurance. Either one. You, have, you can't do both. It's either one. And we always tell our church, right, we invested our whole life in the church. We gave our life. That means, right, I treat my church as my insurance policy. If something happened to me, I got four kids, right? If something happened to me, I tell all my dear close friends in church, I right, Say, hey, if something happened to me, uh, please don't pray for my wife. Just go and call her. Right? We have invested our entire life in the church. We have no other security except in the church and in God. But we prepared ourselves. We just, this is worth doing. Why? We don't know. We only know that once we are prepared, god can use so sometimes right we have people asking god "We want to use me use me use me and then your pastor said why not you come and be trained let me wait for god to call me first and god will tell you i will why not you come and be trained first what do you actually anticipate of anticipate god doing through your life Like the church is going through a direction as you were hearing some of the things being said Anything resonated in your heart of God wanting to raise you up for something? The question then you have to ask yourself is what are you willing to do today if you really believe God will accomplish what He called you tomorrow? What are you going to do today? Invest in. Maybe for some of us, you need to invest in studying the Bible more. Preparing your foundation. Building deep, right? Building deep. Knowing your scripture well, investing time. We have this saying, right? In, in a lot of our Bible classes, the Bible is something that is always important, right? Because you ask any Christian, Christians, do you believe the Bible is the word of God? And the answer is, yeah, not very convicted. Okay, try again. I'll try again. Do y'all believe the Bible is the word of God? Okay, is it important? Okay, see. Uh, okay, is it urgent enough for you to put it as top priority right now? That is our problem. The Bible is always claimed to be important but seldom urgent. There's always something more important to do than the Bible. We challenge all our young people, and this is a challenge to all young people, we challenge all our young people to master two Bible books every single year. Every single year they have to master two. Master not read. Ah. Master means you read through commentary, attend classes, and make sure you can understand every single line in that two book two books a year, you're 20. By the time you're 40, you already mastered more than half the Bible. You start. The moment you start, you eventually will reach there. You have to start somewhere because if not, right, the Bible will always be claimed to be important. We tell the whole world, yes, Bible important, Bible important, but how many of us have really invested a lot of time to study the Word? Always important, seldom urgent. Then the moment that you are faced with someone who needs your word of counsel, you start to realize that I don't know enough of the word to counsel that person. If you truly believe, and this is the same thing we do for all young people. We challenge our young people when we teach Bible classes in our the young. Right? They are talking about youth. We tell them, right, our goal is to build you up to be elders of the church tomorrow. We are not anxious to say, today you must become, no, no, we are building you to know enough of the Word and to be mature so that one day all of you will be elders of some of our churches. you become that mature with the wealth of Scripture that people look to you for the wisdom from God. But you don't prepare tomorrow, right? You prepare today because it takes a long time to know the Word. Some of us think you might one day serve as a leader, young people especially, invest your time to study the Word. Then one day you have more than enough Biblical wisdom to help the people around you. Work, okay? Prepare yourself fully today so that God will work through tomorrow. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20 to 21, in a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver but also of wood and clay. This is, the large house is referring to the church as a whole. That means right, in a church there are all kinds of people there are some that's gold and silver, some wood and clay. Here, in case you're wondering, we are not saying that, that somebody are more expensive. Like, wow, this, this person is a very valuable. I'm not. It's not about the value. It's not about the value. The point here right, is that some are for special purposes, some are for common purposes. Common means can be used anywhere. Special means there's a special thing for it to do. Okay, special thing for it to do. It says, those who cleanse themselves from the latter... That means right, you don't just do common things, you will be instrument for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, prepared to do any good work. You are prepared that God can send you anywhere He can send you. He can send you anywhere because you are so prepared, it doesn't matter whether you're a pastor, your teacher, your missionary, it doesn't matter. You're so prepared that you can be anything. You're prepared. We always joke this way, right? Imagine, right? There's two ways God can use people in your life to help you to grow in patience, right? There are two ways. One is that gentle and wise pastoral leader who always comes to you and say, Hey, Jerry, you know just not like that, lah? Shouldn't, you should be more patient, right? There are these kind of people in your life, right, that help you to be more patient, right? They point you out whenever you lapse, right? These are the these are the, the special purposes instruments. There's another kind of instrument that God will use to make you more patient. They are the people that make you impatient to start with. Right? They make you impatient and then this wise person come and say, hey, you should be more patient. The Bible says, right, both these people are being used by God. Pharaoh is used by God. Moses is used by God. The question you have to ask yourself is, which way do you want to be used? All of us in the church will be used by God. But not all of us will be used the same way. Some will be used in a way right to provoke other people to be angry. Some will be used. You're laughing, you're like. You can laugh, ah, But please when you're laughing, don't look at one another, okay? Don't ha 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 ha. Okay? Okay, so kid to yourself, kid to yourself, okay? Whoever is in that person in your mind, don't don't show. Okay, if your wife or your husband is sitting beside you, please don't glance at them at this time also. Uh, Just keep to yourself, okay? Just keep it inside, okay? But the point is, right, there are two kinds of people, right, that can help you, that God can use in your life. One for common, one special. The Bible says, strive to be the person who is used in the special way. Obviously, right, the one that is used, common use, a lot of them, right, don't even know they are used by God. True? Pharaoh don't even know he's used by God. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't know. You, you are used by God to provoke people to be angry, right? You didn't even know that God purposely allow you in that person's life so that you can help the person trained to be patient. You didn't know. But the person who go in and say, no, brother, you shouldn't be like that. That person knows that he's being used by God. One is active. The other one is just being passively the Bible tells us we should strive to be people who prepare ourselves so that we can be used by God. It is one thing to always pray, right, and want God to act. Right? It's pray, oh God, you should do this, you should do this. It's another, right, is to pray and make yourself available for God to act through. Basically, what we are saying is this. It's one thing to pray for God to do something. It's another to pray and say, God, I am willing to be the answer. How many of you have had this experience before? That you pray for someone with a financial need among us. And when you pray, right, you actually expect that the money will drop from heaven. Right? We pray, and then maybe for some of us, God is stirring you. Maybe you can be the answer to that prayer. It is one thing to pray for world peace, like Ukraine, uh, uh, Poland war, at that time in fighting. We have a sister in church pray, and he went there to help. You went there to the border to try to help, you he stopped his work, take do no pay leave, and went there to help. It is one thing to pray for harvest, to pray for revival, to pray for what church is doing. It's another to say, God, I am willing to be the answer of my prayer. I'm willing to be used so that we can uh, through you we can accomplish all this. Be surrendered for God to work through. And finally, quickly, the last thing. Okay? The first thing. Be alert to know what God is doing. Don't be so distracted. Second, every one of us be surrendered so that God will work through us. The third thing is to be willing to move on ahead. Be willing to move on ahead. Here, Joshua is not talking to the people. Joshua is telling the priests, the leaders. They are the ones walking in front, right? So Joshua told the people, take up the ark and walk on ahead because people don't know where to go. And then he turned. God also told the people, the priest, when you stand and reach the edge of the Jordan River, okay, don't wait there. Don't wait for the people to go in first because no one knows what to do. No one dare to go in. Who should go in first? The priest. Go in and stand in. You stand in, the miracle will happen. Then the people behind you will believe that God is here and then they will follow. And the point here, right, is that sometimes for some of us among us, Maybe for some of us, we are leaders here. Your leaders, your father, your parents. And we understand, right, it is not easy to lead when we are going into uncertainty. Because, to be fair, right, no one knows what is ahead. Even our pastors, during COVID, right, none of the pastors in any of the church knew what to do going forward. Do you, know, do you know, recognize, right, how difficult it is to lead, right, when you have never even been there before? You have not gone there before, you have no idea how to go, you, you have no idea whether this direction we are going, right, will be right or it will end up in a detour. And you know that if you end up in a detour, usually, what will happen? People following you, what will happen? Like you follow someone and then you, the person get lost and what will be behind happen? Will they be gracious and say, lehman, lehman. we just follow? Or they will say, yeah, don't know anyhow, late lah, kind of thing, right? People behind will start complaining because, but the question is, you also don't know where to go, What? Ah no one knows where to go and it is very and sometimes right we don't appreciate our pastors and our leaders enough it is not easy to lead a group of people when we ourselves don't know where we are going we are also following god right? it is not easy right i have done it before so i'm coming here i just do a template i, I know sure word one i just do a template and you follow me sure get there I'm here and God tell me where to go. I have no idea how to go. I have no idea how it will turn up. I have no idea whether it will succeed, it will fail. And I also know that if it succeeds or it fail, everybody will think it's on who? On me. You made the decision. And sometimes we don't appreciate our pastors and our leaders and your board enough. They are leading us into uncertainty. Some of our cell leaders are here also. When you are lead through the last two years, not easy, right? You have to constantly change and tell people, and people constantly, oh yeah, why do you change? Why keep changing? And the encouragement here is this the encouragement here is we understand. But we have to walk on ahead. We understand. God understands it is not easy to lead into uncertainty, but as a leader, we need to walk on ahead. We need to go ahead we need to start small, take a few steps and move in so that the people behind will have something to follow after. Right? this is We'll skip this. So I think just to encourage some of us who are in this situation, maybe over the last two years, or maybe for you yourself, you are hesitant about starting something. You feel God's burden in your heart to do and you are fearful. The Lord's encouragement to you right, is not to be en- discouraged when sometimes in a season of your life, right, you may be called upon by God to walk alone for a part. Right? You have to, the priests have to go into the water alone. There are no people gonna follow. They are waiting to see what happens. Sometimes, right, many of us, some of us who are in the head of certain ministries, certain things that God is calling you, sometimes you may be called upon to take that stretch of journey alone. Right? Walk that journey alone so that after a while the people behind will decide to follow. They have to see you walking ahead and to see God's faithfulness in it, then they may be emboldened. Is it ideal? No. Right? Ideally, we all know. Ideally, our desire, our hope is when I go in, right, I step one leg, everybody chong in already. That's all we hope, right? Like, wow, the, the priest slowly walk in, uh, everybody rush into the water. That's what we all wish. But it's not going to happen. Sometimes the people behind, we are following we are waiting to see God's faithfulness in the midst of those decisions. And because of that, for some of us who are leaders, who are spearing hate something, you may be required to walk on ahead. But be encouraged. be encouraged. That is our role as a leader. Amen? Amen? So today as we wrap up, as we wrap up, following God into the unknown, right? God is leading us into an uncertain future. Not that uncertain anymore, hopefully. But we all know, right, that even as a church, God is constantly doing new things. Maybe over the last three years, right, the best thing that happened to the church is that everyone is now more open to changes. Everyone is now open to learning Zoom, learning different things. People are more open to changes. Maybe this is the time that we need to learn to follow God into the unknown. Be alert for some of us to follow God's leading for some of us to be surrendered right here, right now, believing God will do something through you for the ch- as a leader in the church in the future. And then finally, for some of us who are leading, who are struggling, it is to be encouraged to move on ahead. It's to move on ahead. And as we wrap up and we close, and this is the passage that uh, I have chosen right, to encourage all of us today. Sometimes when we read this passage, just now uh, we have mentioned this many times, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Sometimes, right, we forget that the emphasis of the passage is not the plans to prosper and to harm and plans to give you hope in the future. The original emphasis of the passage is actually, I know the plans. Basically, in today's, if you translate to today's lingo, right, it will be, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Sometimes you may never know. Sometimes it's uncertain. Sometimes it's insecure. Sometimes to you it's unknown. But your only assurance as the people of God, as a church, is to know that the God who is leading us knows what he is doing. Amen. Let us pray. Father, today we want to come. We want to submit our life to you afresh. Many a times, Lord, as we come to you, Lord, we demand things from you. We call upon you to do things for us, to to accomplish the desires of our hearts. And we voice out when things don't appear the way we prefer it to be. Oh Lord forgive us the many times that we have forgotten that you are the one with the agenda and the purpose not us that you are the one that has a purpose in this world that you are the one that has a plan and that it is your church your body's responsibility to follow the leading of the head so that your body will accomplish the plan you have set us up to do Forgive us for the times that, Lord, that we are so consumed by our own agendas, our own concerns that we ignore, that we forget, that we neglect your purposes in our lives, your purposes for the church. As we are praying this morning, worshipping together, I sense the word that is in my heart that God wants to speak to some individuals today and the word that I saw when I was worshipping this morning with all of us is the word distraction and I believe the Lord wanted to speak to some of us today that perhaps we have been too distracted we have been too consumed by our earthly concerns they are not sin they are not evil but you simply have been too consumed your earthly concern that you no longer have the other eye on the kingdom. Both your eyes are now on the things that you're concerned. And because of that many times you feel detached from what the church is doing. You feel detached from what God is doing. And you feel separated. And the Lord want to encourage you It is not an either or. You don't have to take both eyes off your concern. But it's to learn to put one eye on the kingdom. So that even as you take care of the early concerns in your life, you are still pursuing God's purposes in your life. And Lord, today we want to pray for these people that you're speaking to right now whatever they are struggling, whatever areas in their life that they have been too consumed, they have become idols in their life. We pray, Father Lord, you will help them to gradually take one step forward. Lord, so that they are able to move together with the church as a whole. They are able to follow you into the unknown. And Lord, we thank you for the things that you're going to do through each and every one of us and the things you're going to do through us as a church because we believe that Lord you are the one building the church and through your church Lord the kingdom of the Hades will never overcome through your church the purposes of harvesting the souls of the world the purposes of restoring humanity of all our life will all appear and accomplish through the church and Lord you are the one building Help us a lot to participate with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank, Thank you for listening to this series. We hope that you are blessed. If you would like to go deeper with us, head over to our website at maranata.sg for more information.